Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda or bottles of water in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. Hell yes. It's fucking Thursday. I'm having a good time. I've had a nice, productive day off work. The weather's nice. Things are great. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for asking to be on the show. Yeah. It's always so great to meet new people, learn about new bands, and continue over 300 episodes later to be still learning about new things in the city. You've done 300 episodes. Yes. I've recorded over 300. Wow, I I didn't scroll that far. Down. Yes, it's been it's, it's been quite a hoop, quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, but I am sitting here today with my new friend, rock and rolling curly Heron, curly. Jay of the Hawkeyes. Make some noise for the internet. <laughs> so, for anyone out there who is not familiar with the Hawkeyes, I believe it is fair to say that you are a no bullshit, no gimmicks rock and roll band. That's right. How would you describe it? Is that pretty much on the on the nose? That's a good description. That's one way. You know, we, you know, there's a thousand ways to describe rock and roll. You know, but I like that. You know, I mean, all of them are cool. Usually, you know, it's definitely not boring. Yeah, you know, that's what's and we 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 try and be uh, exciting and. I don't know. Just yeah, I mean, it's it's we bulk. like to kick, we like to kick you in the ass in a good way, where it makes you feel good. You know, kind of like a you know that workout that you you you're reluctant to do, and then once you do it, you're like, I want some more of that. You know, hell yeah, or that line of cocaine. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, the hot guys. I don't know much about the band, but I've seen that you've been super active for a while. Mm-hmm. Can I get just like a quick backstory on the band? When did it start? Well, um, officially 2013, actually. We, um, a group of guys, I joined a group of guys because I was just doing the solo thing uh, with my acoustic guitar. And I just occasionally would get band gigs. I'd need a backing band. And I just kept using this kind of, kept using the same guys. And I was, and I was like, hey guys, and you know, I got this gig and, you know, they, what do we call ourselves? And we just like, we threw a bunch, we just were trying to throw easy names. People, what are people going to remember? And, you know, we'll just change it if we don't like it, you know, so it was like, <laughs> oh, you know, Hawkeyes. And then it was up on the bill, you know, on the billboard. I was like, Oh, that looks kind of cool, you know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then we were like, well, you know, we'll change it eventually. We'll come up with something, you know, a little, you know, cooler something snappy or something more clever and we never did you know it was just kind of and like, that's it yeah and that was, and that's how we got <laughs> that's really the story behind the name yeah there really was no there's no like mystic meaning behind it yeah you know it's not named after the the iowa mascot it's not named after the superhero you know even though it'd be I mean, like when we describe it to people, it's like the superhero, you know, like shoots the bows and arrows, you know. Um, But so we started back then and we were actually like an Americana rock band, kind of in the band of like Uncle Tupelo, Drive-By Truckers. Well, that might make sense because you were coming from you doing acoustic 
what is what you said, right? You're, so you're yeah. kind of transitioning from that and starting to bring in the rock elements. My, my acoustic stuff was very, you know, it had, you know, I was into, I, I mean, I was always into the Beatles and always into, you know, those late 90s, early 2000s bands. But also when I did the acoustic thing, I kind of focused on like what Ryan Adams was doing or something sure. like that. Or, you know, that Eli- makes sense. Elliot Smith, and yeah. stuff like that. And so with the band, I was like, okay, what's a harder edge to this? And that that's Tupelo and that's Sunvolt and that's uh, DBT. And we were like, we can do, like, we just, we looked at the, it's kind of like looking at a sports team. It's like, okay, I have these five players. This is this is what we can do to be successful. This is how we can get a song yeah. <laughs> played and not fall flat on our fucking face, and uh, and so that's what we did. And we and uh, we tried that for a couple years and put out some, you know, EPs. And we put out uh, one album under like that type of style in 2015. But that's the one plug in the wall album that's out there. Um, some had some lineup changes from here and there. I mean, that's being in a band yep. i guess mm-hmm. that's being on the road it's hard guys want to have families and stuff and then in 2016 i met sean mcdonald our current producer and he's basically like the fifth guy in the band yeah you know he just anytime i need a word of advice or what do you think about this what do you think about that i usually turn to him um i met him and he asked me, you know, he's like, hey, you know, we should, you know, I'd like to, you know, do a project with you, like, you know, maybe an album, maybe a single, whatever you want to do. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And, like, you know, I was like, who have you worked with before? You know, I, and then I found out he did a lot of the Clark's stuff, which is, you know, great. And, and then he did Gene, a Gene the Werewolf album mm-hmm. um, pretty recently. And I just sonically, I was like, oh, wow, this reminds me of other influences of mine, like Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age and the production element, you know, yeah. the, the quality of it. Um, Green Day, you know, n- like Nimrod from yeah. Nimrod on Green Day. Um, and I was like, mm, I, I like that. You know, I was like, if we can get something on tape that, you know, makes us sound that good. You know, along in along as the songs are there, I was like, "Yeah, let's work with this guy." And you know, we and I said to the guys, "Like, I think we should work with this guy." And so we did that. And he he didn't make us change the genre. He just kind of dropped a hint at me. He's like, "You know, you talk about these other influences." He's like, "What about just maybe woeing back the Americana element of it?" And that was, you know, I was like, "What?" You know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm like, well, that's our thing. You know, that's, that's our brand. You know, you got to have a brand, you got to have a focus and we got to have a niche, a subgenre. Sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> more of this. And he, he, and he asked a question, you know, which really struck home with me. He's like, well, how'd your last album sell? I want, how much airplay did it get? How much attention did it get? You playing the gigs you want to play? You playing? You on the tours that you on? You want to be on? You getting attention from the tastemakers that you want attention from? I'm like, no, I'm like no to all those. He's like, he's like, I'm not telling you to change who you are, how you write. He's like, just let's. I don't think you've opened the faucet up enough. And so that's what we did, and we went to work. You know, I brought in 20 songs, 
and we whittled it down and he picked them apart and, and, and it was like, take this out. And at first, you know, like anybody like one that changes anything that is told to change something, what's your immediate reaction? 99% of the time. Well, no, sure. You know, this is a good thing. This is working this out is for me. This is my baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, especially your, you know, your, your creative outlet, your music. Yeah. And I was like, and what I didn't realize is I was just going back to a comfort zone of what was before. And, and it's not saying it was bad, but it was getting kind of stale. Um, and, and honestly, there was a lot of other bands out there doing the same sort of thing, you know, some better than us and some, you know, equal to us and some worse, you know? So, but for what it, but for what it's worth was, I just, I finally saw, I can't remember the day or the time where I just kind of had that aha, you know, this, this needs to happen that, you know, let's stop wearing the, the leave on helm flannels and the, you know, the, the raggedy blue jeans and start, sure. start wearing, you know, really depressing black clothing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and like, like, you know, but I don't know what, what clicked in me, but I thought, you know what, you know, I, th- I think it was, I watched a Foo Fighters live concert them at, uh, Hyde Park from like, it's from like 28. And I was like, you know, just listening to the music that they're playing and watching him rev up that crowd and watching him do what he does. And I understand he was in Nirvana. He had a, he had a, <laughs> he had a big head start that a lot of us yeah. have. But it was, really what I concentrated on was the sonics of it, was the music. I was like, I can do that. You know, I can do exactly what they're what they're doing right there. And I'm not saying I can do it better, but I can, you know, I can play rock music like that or like ACDC, you know, watching them play live, how they just get a crowd going, you know, everyone's just magnetized towards their energy and the on a subconscious level. And I was like, I want to make an album where I can lay it down on tape like that and then be able to play it live with that sort of connection. And so that's, that's what we sought, sought out to do. And I think we, I think we did it, you know, with, with this album, which I, I have, I have one for you. It's in the van. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I was like, ah, oh, I was like, as soon as I stepped in, I was like, shit, I forgot. I forgot. I was going to give you a, a, a CD, even though no one, the CDs are like, I was just talking to my, you know, uh, guy, uh, Luke, the guy who was going to be here with drummer. Yeah. I'm like, CDs anymore are just, they're another piece of merch. You know, like people, some people don't even open them now. They yeah. just buy them and keep them as, you know, like like a transformer toy that you don't take out of the box. It loses its value once they take the, the plastic off sure. of it. But I'm getting off topic. Here. I mean, people like CDs still. I think if you have a good album, people will want to own a physical copy of it exactly and if in if um people are consistently showing up to shows they want they want the hard copy as well as you know they just want to be able to hold it in their hand and look at you know the yeah. credits and stuff like that um but yeah, as far, I, it's 
people like CD still. It, it's a big thing that I've seen, and you hear so many people talking about it. And it's just like nobody's buying our CDs. I'm yeah. just like your album probably sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. They but they buy them, but just they're like T-shirts now. Yeah, yeah. You know, like and and if your T-shirts are if your if your music's great, they'll buy your T-shirt. They'll they'll pay money for your fucking stickers. You know, people have given us five dollars. I want a sticker. I was like, well, they're free. They're like, well. Take it anyways. Yeah, like totally, guys, totally. You know, and uh, it, like they they'll buy your merch if they if they like your music. But I mean, I I know I shit shit. I haven't bought a CD. I can't remember the last time. I yeah, bought a CD. I don't. I haven't bought a CD in a long time. Other than from my friend's band, mm-hmm. I've bought a, a you know I've been to a friend's show and we've done a CD trade. We do you know we do that thing out on the road. But a lot of times I'll buy one off of them just yeah. to, you know to support them. But yeah, anymore, I, I mean, I don't know. I might get hated on by some purists, but I, I gave up my purity belt a long time ago. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I love Spotify. I just love being able to go. You know what? I want to listen to some Kings X today. Totally. You know, I want to listen to uh, this Smashing Pumpkins so- song today. I. I love it. and not having to pull it up on YouTube because before I got Spotify, I just pulled everything up on YouTube and Spotify is just, I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's great for music. I think it's, uh, somebody put it to, to me this way. And I was like, cause at first I was like, it's, I was like, man, it's such a bitch that we just don't get paid as much on Spotify. But if you think about it, um, when someone buys a CD, that's, 10 bucks and then they can play it an infinite amount of times and then you don't get cre- you don't get paid or credit for every time they play your songs off that CD. Sure. But every time they play on every time your song is played on Spotify only for just 30 seconds you get a little something for that. <laughs> the other thing too that I don't think enough people think about when you're selling a CD mm-hmm. Are you making money off of the music? Are you making money off of the jewel case, the booklet, the digital printing, the actual physical product? Do you actually like put the value of your music into the cost of your CD? Or are you just like, oh, well, we got a thousand CDs and they cost us this much money. So we have to charge this much for them to make our money back. That's just the physical product. Exactly. You're still not making money off the music itself. You're just replacing the money you spent on the physical (laughs) product. Right. (laughs) So people don't think about that. And it's still like a lot of the time you hear people complaining about, we don't make money off Spotify and you could go, I feel like I'm calling people out today really hard. So I apologize. Uh, I'm not calling any names, but it's like, you'll, hear this shit and then you go on to their band spotify and it's mm-hmm. like five monthly listeners it's like nobody knows who you are that's why you're not right. making any money sure Absolutely. it's like i know how many listeners my bands get and i know i've seen how much we've made off spotify and okay yeah we're not buying a fucking van we're not doing anything with that money it's mm-hmm. big but it's still like hundreds of dollars that we've made that was just from us uploading it to the internet yeah it and it was like it costs us we use DistroKid, so it's like, you know, the 30 bucks a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we've definitely made way more than that back. So it's been, in a way, a little bit more profitable than the CDs in some aspects. If you look at the cost to distribute well, versus your profit made back. And it's more profitable because now we, what we've noticed is, you know, we're, we're getting 
little bits of attention, but in, in markets that we've never played before, you know, Europe, Brazil, you know, it's just like, okay, now, you know, as those, as those markets, as our listens grow in those areas, we have reason to go there. When yeah. We hadn't, we weren't even thinking about it before. You know, we were just like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll go to this city and, you know, or six hours from here. Even if it's like not that. your band, but if there's a band that sounds a lot like you mm-hmm. that's on a lower level, you could find out where people are listening to those bands just to know if like a city has an interest in rock and roll still or if they're only listening to rap music there or right. if they have an interest in progressive melodic technical death metal like if you're <laughs> having like a real niche focus you know you can find those places doom metal yeah dude oh my i, love, <laughs> I just love the, the i love that term i don't know a, a single doom metal band probably if you said a name i'm like oh they're doom metal okay but i just it's so fascinating you know like doom metal like, because I, I was looking up some festivals today, and I came across a a full blown doom metal festival. In, oh yeah, in Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, and I'm Maryland like, Doom Fest. Yeah, yeah. And I'm shout like, outs to Jake the Hawk, Pittsburgh band. I believe they're playing are they? this year. Yeah, I was like, I want to go to that because I I just because you know a lot of times festivals you, you there's only like maybe two or three bands that you like, but think about going to a doom festival and you're a doom fan. That's got to be heaven on earth for doom metal fans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like sitting there going, man, how fucking cool would that be if I was a doom metal fan? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just plan, you know, all year. Yeah. I'm going to the fucking Maryland Doom Fest. So, what is like your personal background in music before you were playing? This show, the solo shows with the guitar before the band, before you even picked up an instrument. I was nobody. Um, like, what were you listening to though? Like, what oh, was your like, like interest coming up with music? I mean, my dad. You know, my dad's a Beatles fan. He, okay, he grew up, the know, classics. I grew, huh? I grew up on the Beatles. And yeah, I, I grew up on Neil Young, and um, he was really into America and the Eagles, and I never caught on to them. You know, I was never into like that. Those pure harmonies, I appreciate them. You know, I can hear the. You know. You know, you sit there and listen. I was like, wow, they were this when they were 16? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's a little crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but producers, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But so that that's where the music comes from. You know, that's where it first comes from is, you know, my dad's a musician. And, you know, he turned me on to bands like uh, Yes, which I find, which then when I discovered Yes, of course, you just, you automatically just bump into Rush which yeah. is, you know, awesome, you know. And uh and then you know, I I always had an affinity for for some reason I don't know where it comes from because my dad's not really into heavier music is I I just got into like um bands like Motorhead, you know, like like stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Um I was never a metal fan. I, you know, I was never really I couldn't wrap my head around it you know it's one of those things where you know and punk music i i I could never you know sit through a whole set of punk music you know i i guess i'm not a mosh pit guy i tried (laughs) i got my ass kicked (laughs) you know but i i i like heavier music like you know like someone like what, what i consider heavy is like like Godsmack, something like that sure melodic i like to hear melodies and i like to hear a guy singing and i like to hear or a girl uh hailstorm yeah you know, um sorry lizzie uh 
but I I like hearing, you know, dirty, in your face, heavy, you know, rock and roll music, ACDC. I consider them a heavy band. Totally, yeah. I, I, because they bring, there's muscle to them. There's, there's strength there and there's power, but there's also just wonderful, wonderful melody. You know, like you, you hear, sometimes you just hear a chord played a certain way and you're like, ah, oh, that's, you know, that's Highway to Hell, you know. Or, yeah. You know, that's, ah, oh, that's, you know, that's Thunderstruck, you know. What's well, a cool thing with a band like ACDC that was able to just like, they have their own unique voice in the spectrum of rock and roll, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, I feel most people that have even the most basic understanding or knowledge of music, you could just play a random ACDCD cut and it's just like, is this fucking ACDC? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like you can like know it, but there's so many other bands where it's like, what is this? Who is this? Yeah. And it's just because it, it just kind of gets thrown into the crock pot of mediocrity. Right. I, I marvel at, at them because they, you know, they're, they're very much like I, them and the cult kind of just, they did the same thing for 20 years, but it was like, it never got stale. I could listen to, I could listen to the cult for hours. I could listen to all their catalog and just be, never get tired. Even though it's the same fucking chord progression. It feel at least it feels that way. Sure. You know, but I'm like, I just don't get tired of Billy Duffy's guitar playing. And the same thing with Angus and Malcolm. I was like, I just don't get tired of this. It's, this doesn't it's like, this doesn't get boring. It's like getting tired of pizza. It just doesn't happen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's just like sometimes simplicity is the best way forward. Yeah. And it just, it really, most of the things that last long, the things that stand the test of times are things that are built very simply and well whether yeah. it is a good song or pizza or a good car or yeah, you yeah. know a, a some piece of archaic technology i don't know something the wheel there you go the wheel uh that's right it's, it's a simple thing right don't but, reinvent the wheel yeah exactly right. so i think that that's and what i like about there's like newer there's newish newer bands that are i i mean i hope they continue going is like a band like Royal Blood, mm. they kind of do the same thing. You know, they kind of, yeah. they have this formula, but it, each song is, has its little difference, you know, and each, in a, I just don't get tired of listening to them. Well, it's, I think that there's a weird thing as an artist when you start putting too much expectation on yourself to be great. Like, and I think that overall, you should try to be a great artist, be good at what you do. But every little thing that you do, every little song doesn't have to be a masterpiece. No. I feel like oh, sometimes sure. it's real easy to think that every time you pick up a guitar, you're going to fucking, you know, the end of the day, you're going to have the next Bohemian Rhapsody. You're it's right. like, it's not going to fucking happen, dude. Like, it's okay sometimes for songs to just be songs. And if it sounds a little bit like the last thing you did, well, it's your voice. It's you. It's probably good that it sounds like you. Yeah, I I run into that a lot. Like I'll like, you know, I mean, I, I I write on a daily basis. Well, I attempt I attempt to write on a daily basis, and we well, think about it all the time. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it it just you know it it's happens your, yeah. a lot when I'm driving. You it's know, in your head, like dude. Yeah, yeah, it's a part of you. And the the 
what you just said with that, you hit on a good point is like sometimes you'll just pick up a guitar and it'll be like days, sometimes a week, and you'll just be like, nah, nah, like that. And then you'll come back to that same idea that you were like, you were just trying to like, you know, I don't know, just throw in, you know, what's a weirder way I can do this? What's a different way I can do this? And, you know, a lot of times it's just like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, you know, three chord this motherfucker, you know, I'm going to play DCG or EDA and just get a really solid, sing something really solid, sing, just find a nice hook or a melody and then I'll deviate the chord progression. Sure. Like, and that was a trick that Sean taught me a lot was when we were getting together, um, a lot of the stuff that we, the bare bones of it was so, so minimal. I mean, it just, they sound, they were like, um, I'm trying to think of the, you know, what band, you know, there was this one song that we had on there. It's now or never. And when we, first you know start you know we had it written we had it rehearsed as a band before we brought it to him and it was like a tom petty song you know we kind of played it like running down a dream a little bit hell yeah and we that song's a fucking ripper dude. it's a ripper you know, like, we're like, it'd be, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, and we love the pacing of it we love uh-huh. you know we loved everything about it you know we had everything and surely slowly but surely Sean and I took it in this direction and it now it sounds like a Queens of the Stone Age song. It and it where and I and it's to me, I'm like, wow, that's ten times better. It's not just a Tom Petty knockoff now. It it's its own fucking thing. Which and all it was, it was it was the same three chords, but you know, essentially at least, you know, within the melody, and then just different inflections in the voice, you know, different voicings from different guitars, different tones and different, you know, yeah. t- you know, little things here and there. That's where we got all the complex shit. Cause I think a lot of times, um, I, I, I can't speak for other writers, but what I, what the problem that I run into is I try and start from the end product and work, work the song backwards, Sure, you know, because you can hear, you kind of have this vision of like what the song should sound like, you know, from the end point, and then you try and start from there. Which it sound like this mm-hmm. when sometimes what you said, you need to start from a more basic perspective it's, and just get the material out. It's like you ever like see like a building being built, and it, it looks like it's yeah exactly. You never see it built backwards, but when a building is being built. It's like, you know, it's just like a bunch of beams and weird basic structures yeah. and that you you maybe it's like something you pass on your way to work and like you see this fucking thing every day. Yeah. And then one day it's it a, goes from being the thing to a completely it's right. like, what the fuck? It's cuz like all the work is just in getting the that's, basic structures. Well, that's why I firmly believe we're living in a computer simulation because <laughs> I just don't think anything like that's possible because I've never had the patience to sit through and see anything through yeah. like that from point A to point C. Or it could be like, you know, writing a song, like, like chicken noodle soup. It's a simple thing, uh-huh. but it's all in the herbs and spices that mm-hmm. you put in it. You know what I mean? How you just like that seasoning at the end, much like much, much plates of food that yes. are, they're simple. It's just yeah. those little things. And but you need to have like a solid base, you know, like is this chicken cooked well? I don't know. Are these noodles overdone? Whatever sort of bullshit you want to get into, <laughs> you know, is this riff overdone? 
Yeah. Did I did I take the time to you know cook this rhythm section properly? Yeah. Am, you know I I mean? to, am I trying to? Am I trying too hard? Yeah. Yeah. And I think most of the time when I'm writing songs, if I'm having an issue or I feel like it's not going anywhere, chances are it probably needs less before it needs something more. I probably have too much going mm-hmm. on, and it's just like there's no space to think. So it's like fuck. Just we got to take something out. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it varies from song to song, but usually less is more. I and, find, and sometimes, you know, it and the reverse can happen. Is you know, we we did some rehearsal a lot. I'm like, hey, hey, um, don't play that here and here and here. Let's hear, hear what that sounds like, and then you'll hear it without. It. It's like you know what, put it back in. You know, like you know, it'll you'll you take something away to hear. You know, just to hear why is, you know, like a lot of times it'll be bugging you and bugging you. It's like, why is that there? You know, why is that there? And then you take it away and you're like, oh, that's why it's there. I I get it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so. yeah. It's just, in general, it's just really easy to go pretty close to insane when listening to the same song over and over and over and over, <laughs> and over again. Well, I don't know how, I don't know how producers and engineers do it, how they just don't get mind ear fatigue yeah well i think they all probably do i just think that successful producers have productive ways of dealing with it yeah 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 you should uh, you should have sean in here sometime i i I actually wanted him to come along too but he had a an an engagement tonight he uh he's like dude you got to tell me about this sooner i was like i told you about it (laughs) no it's all good i would love to have him on sean sean Come over right now. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so right now with the Hawkeyes back to current times. Current times. What is the band doing in 2020? Uh, touring as much as we can. Um, we head out for a little trip tomorrow. Uh, just a short little trip, just two days. Uh, this, the March is always really light. Every year it seems really light. We don't really go too far in March. And then it gets a little heavier in April, a little heavier in May. There's always this lull after Memorial Day weekend. And then June, July, and August are just like, we're like just playing nonstop. Yeah. You know? And yeah, we, we're looking to, I mean, we, we want to get in front of, you know, in as many markets as possible. We want to, you know, we'd like to, you know, see what powers that be that we can attract. And we know the best way to do that, you know, at least from our perspective, you know, it's not, you know, we're, we're not one of those artists that can just like a YouTube artist that can just, <laughs> there's do, no, a hot guy's TikTok page isn't going to be taken uh, off anytime soon. And, and you can do that nowadays, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. You know, you can be that, that producer that just pumps out Spotify hits from their living room. God bless them. The, our method is, you know, when you're a rock and roll band, yeah, you, you belong do, in a fucking bar somewhere. Yeah. Just playing loud. Yeah. On a, you know, that's what you need to do. Yeah. You know, we want to play on some, you know, we, we want to play on some big stages and the and, people that like, and the only way to get on the bigger stages is to kick ass on the smaller stages. Cause you know, the one thing I tell the guys all the time, I was like, I don't care if there's five fucking people in there or 5,000 people in there. You play like there's 5,000 people there and you, you know, just, you know, because, you know, 
you got to give a shit. Yeah. And, and, and because if you're up there and you, and, and people see that you're passionate about what you're doing, they'll believe it. And then they'll, they'll want to come back and see it again. I mean, I know like the gig that we have this Saturday, it's in Wisconsin. Pretty sure it, it's not sold out yet, but it, 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 it will sell out is, we had one of our best night. First time we ever played there, we had one of our best nights ever. Everybody was locked in. Everybody was on point, you know, and there was a room full of people there. And those people really connected with us. Hell yeah. And how they come back every time we go there. And, and I, so honestly, that was like playing out in Wisconsin is what really, I wouldn't say save things for me, but it was like it cleared out a lot of doubt that I had before because there was a, you know, the whole rock's dead, you know, like that. And people, you know, only want to listen to EDM and people only want to listen to hip hop anymore. And I was like, well, maybe that's true. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, and I, you know, I don't hate on those genres. It's just, you know, more power to them. You know, maybe it's their time and it's not our time, but you know, my mind's my mind was changed by that because I was like, we went out there and we had a killer set. And then the next time we went out there and played, that's when it was like, oh wow, we have something here. And this is before the album came out and everything. Yeah. Um, there was a line around the block waiting for us to go in. I went, Oh wow. That's you super know? cool. Hell that yeah. That's super cool. That doesn't yeah. even happen in our hometown. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, so I was like, okay. We have, we, there's something tangible here. Now we need to just, the last thing we need to do is pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, cool, we did it. How do we do it everywhere else? That's, so that's, that's 2020 for us. Mm -hmm. You know, how do, you know, you know, we did, we had a nice sellout show at Hard Rock in November uh, for the album release. And we had another sellout out in Appleton, Wisconsin. And I was like, okay, we can do those in those places and a couple other cities. So how do we do this everywhere we go? And that's what we're that's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah. You know, there's no I I mean, there's no formula to it for me other than the, There's no formula for anyone. There's no yeah, recipe. Yeah, it's, well yeah. the only formula there is for me is the the Gary Vaynerchuk formula. You know, everyone's got y'all y'all got the same twenty four, you know. Don't come, you know, quit, quit bitching, quit complaining, quit feeling entitled to shit because in the music industry, you're not entitled to anything. Sure. You, you pull out your union card and say, oh, I deserve this because I put the time in. No one cares. The market doesn't care. They don't care. Fuck no. <laughs> they don't care. Fuck no. So, and it's like, and I'm, it, it's, was, so what's cool about that is, you know, I tell the guys, it's like, what's cool about that, that there's no entitlements any for, for, you know, time put in, we can control what we do and, and, and be great at it. And it's, it's in our hands as far as like our success, because, you know, a couple of the guys have asked, you know, well, how do we get this big manager how do we get you know this you know how do we get into epicenter how do we get to play firefly i was like put people in venues you know yeah show them numbers then you don't have to use smoke and mirrors to attract them you don't have to use a, a cool pitch yeah that's... you can just email them and be like look we 
packed rooms here, 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 here. Or you don't even need to do that. They'll know. They'll notice. Yeah, you know, they'll notice that. I think yeah, just having a focus on writing good music and, and playing good shows. That, those have to be a given. Yeah, like, but, but I have, think a lot of people forget that the the music and the performance are kind of like. Those are givens. You have to have those already in place before the next step, which is actually getting fucking people out to, to see the shit. I think that there's, it's hard to deny that there is not a big part of the current music culture that just thrives on mediocrity. And it's more about, you know, oh, well, this is a good looking brand. It's more about being a brand versus a band. And there's a lot of bands that look good and they have good photos and they have their good online presence and they got a good manager and they got fake numbers online and they can just weasel their way into whatever they're all temporary as fuck they don't last but they're taking up time on a stage that yeah. the hot guys could be playing or like gray walker could be playing or your band could be playing and it's like it it's a nightmare yeah. trying to like get people to pay attention to you where when you're like in when you have all that shit going on but i'm sure that's not anything new no, it's just I mean, i'm sure the that, music industry's always been like this it's just it's feel like it's a lot easier to do the smoke and mirrors now because oh, sure. there's so much more the tools that are, are on our hands now to you know make everything look and sound so great and be so professional and mm -hmm. you know anybody can send anybody an email from anything with you know photoshopped images and fake numbers and <laughs> yeah. weird documents and it's just and uh, it's, it's but it's like it can be it can. just don't i just try not to even think about it or get distracted not don't worry that other people are doing it it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing yeah. and don't get sucked into that don't get tricked into thinking that like oh well we have some half-written songs, and we're okay live, but we, we have a really good online following, and if we get a manager, we'll get onto Pitchfork, and then we'll be done. That's it for us. We're good. Like, ah. we're, we'll be taken off from there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I know a lot of people in bands that have like thrown money at managers that have just like copy and pasted album links, and they've gotten posted on things like a Pitchfork or Noisy or <laughs> like some metal publications, and it's like, sure, it's there. I see that, like, but nobody is actually still seeing it. It's not like it's just like a dead link on a big website. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it. I mean, and I push I, for those things, but it needs to be like in a genuine way because, like, you've just recorded a killer fucking album and you're playing a ton of shows and people are talking about it. I feel like if you have a good buzz, people are going to come to you. You're not going to need to start blind, like you know, sending fucking 400 emails a day spamming the shit out yeah. of people yeah like trying to get people to pay attention to you i don't know in like what situation that ever works for anyone i, I don't know either you know that's why yeah I, I like when i i've heard of you know i you know other, i'm not going to name them, you know, other artists who bought likes on you know on facebook and sure they, and they bought you know you know, plays on Spotify and, and to boost their numbers. I'm like, do you understand that like those aren't, you know, like, I don't know. I was like, why would you do that? Because like, it's just, you know, it's gonna, yeah, like your numbers might not be where they are right now, but like all you got to well, do is put a little bit of time in each day and, and put, keep putting out good music and, and keep 
putting out well, you know something that's honest and then the honest numbers are going to get you so much further along than that than that cheap thrill of oh i think it's deeper i don't even think it's a cheap thrill i think it's like so there are people that you know get plastic surgery for a wide variety of reasons you know what i mean like some people it's they have health things they need to get things done Sure, and then some things it's it's totally vain Vanity. because you know they just need to see themselves a certain way, and then in some aspects it's like people feel like they're worthless unless they look a certain way. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of this like you know number buying, botting on bands and things like that that people do. I think it's just like artists being really desperate and just feeling like that need that they need to look a certain way online. They need to have those numbers in order to feel validated. Yeah. And you know, just like anybody else, you could say like, Oh, you could work out and get the tummy that you want, or you can get liposuction, you know, yeah. or some dramatic, you know, like sure. Like, whatever dramatic example you want to give. But I really think that a lot of it is that same, whatever, like, chemicals in your brain that makes you feel that sort of way like i don't know what whatever gets released that triggers that sort of isn't feeling that, in you is that dopamine i don't know i have no idea i'm not smart enough is this that, isn't this is isn't that, fucking joe rogan is it, right now is, so I have, no, I have no idea i can't start talking about anything too in deep but i have a feeling that just whatever that is in your brain that gets released that you know causes like you know that anxiety or feeling of like emptiness or like lack of self-worth you know i feel like they're really similar and it's just an easy way out like oh like i don't have the face that i want so i can get a nose job like oh i don't have the following that i want but i can throw 500 bucks at the internet and Mm. get it okay it's fake but it's still there people don't love themselves enough that's a good point maybe maybe you know and people and and but it's and it's like not to be like throw this this word out because it's so overused but it's true is gratitude like it i'm i'm guilty of being ungrateful you know for because you know we we all want to be better you know absolutely and and, and then we and we will concentrate the first thing when we want to be better we the first thing that we automatically concentrate on is what we lack and if you concentrate on what you lack you're basically your your mind's going to be fixated on that and you're telling your i don't know subconscious mind that's what i want you know and then you almost like attract that you know like more lack you know more roadblocks you know and don't get me wrong yeah we 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 need roadblocks to overcome. It's cool to, you know, to go from two, benching 225 to 250, you know, milestones. It, it feels great when we break through a barrier. But I, I think a lot of people, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like I can only speak for myself is I know that years ago I was an ungrateful prick when it came to myself and music i drank way too much um and i didn't value myself as a musician as an artist i used to say don't call me an artist i'm not a fucking artist you know i fucking hate that i'm just a dude i'm just you know whatever (laughs) trying to play the whole humility card sure and thinking that would endear people to me and it was just i hated myself 
and I hated, you know, and and I guess I just didn't have that bone in my body to hate myself and write great music about it at the time, like some yeah. some artists have, because there's some really great music of artists who hated themselves, and it's like brilliant. I I didn't have that. I needed to learn how to love myself more and and try and convey that to other people and try and tell people just it's really easy too. just make just just kind of that's eh, not easy you know but it's 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 easy when you look back and say wow i did that you know but at the time it's it's a it can be a slippery slope to get out of when you're just always down on yourself and i think that that's why people do that they go out and buy likes they go out and oh you know they they work that job from monday through friday and they hate it and they do it because they they have to and then you know a lot of times you you, you kind of do have to so what do you do fucking friday sometimes at six o'clock when you know when the work bell rings what do you do you're downstairs man plowing through as much many beers as you fucking can sure yeah i mean i that was me you know i i did the same thing and because so i can empathize with that it's just like you just want to escape you want to escape the the hell that you're living in you know throughout you know the week you want to forget about it and get lost even if it's just for an hour you know, it's never just an hour, though. No, you know, <laughs> happy hour. You know, yeah, happy hour is never just an hour. So, I mean, I, I can understand why people do it on so many different levels. I mean, the level I was, you know, talking about the drinking. That's that's a little ex, that's extre, ex, an extreme level. Yeah, that you know, a lot of people in society take. But from a musician standpoint, we, you know, we want the same. I you know you know the the good vibes from outside we need the approval from the outside world and it's just like when you play Madden on a video game why are you playing Madden to get that instant approval of touchdown I can score 49 points with you know Ben Roethlisberger yeah you know tossing the football you know and it you know 19 for 19 for 385 yards you know you you get that instant gratification you know like cocaine you know like heroin like yeah i just think like anything yeah. it, it it i i think that's that's my theory on it because that's you know why i mean yeah i i heard about buying likes and you know someone pitching it to me and saying well it's gonna make you look really good it's gonna make you look pro and and then that's gonna attract that booking agent you want it's going to attract that manager you want it's going to attract the record label you want the you know you're going to people are going to see your numbers are big you know you got ten thousand more likes than you know all the other bands around town it's going to look good you know and then you you go ah cool instant dopamine dump you know you're like great you know you you of course it's you know we're always we're we're creatures of convenience especially nowadays with these supercomputers in our pockets. Yeah. You know, and I'm not denouncing the supercomputer in my pocket. I love my supercomputer. Yeah. My, my Star Trek tricorder. <laughs> no, the, it, they're incredibly powerful things to have that could be used for such unbelievable good, mm-hmm. especially for bands. 
and no. things like that. I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes Fucking, the businesses run from absolutely, this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, this is the brain trust. Right? I think it's a, What's your brain trust? Uh, it's, yeah. it's a Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just so important for people to not, I mean, be aware that those things exist. And of course, it's important to, you want to build a fan base, mm-hmm. but it needs to be genuine and it's going to need to take time. You're, be patient. Be positive. Yeah. Be productive and just, you know, put the energy out into the world that you wish to receive. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want people to be stoked about your music, you need to be stoked about your music. Be stoked about your music and be serious about it. Like, um, a conversation, one of the coolest, you know, people on earth that I know in the music industry is, uh, Mike Minda from the Common Heart. Okay. Uh, he's a guitar player and and Clinton, you know, from the Common Heart. Um, you know, when I think it was two years ago at the Randy Bauman Ramble, might have been three. No, I think it was two years ago. Um, all I looked at the you know Common Heart announced these tour dates, and I went, "Whoa, wow! They're look at this. Look at all those tour dates. Wow!" And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that they had an agent at the time, but but I asked Clinton, I was like dude, you've been making some phone calls, man. <laughs> I go, he's like, no, no, I got someone else to do. He's like, but he's like, yeah, we're all, he's like, we're going for it. You know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing. And that whole, when you have that, that was a really good impression of him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Clint, I love you, man. Hell yeah. He's a, he's a super, he's a good guy. dude. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. What, when the fuck are you going to sit down here, man? Been trying to get a hold of him. It's okay. He's busy. A little busy. He's, he's a little like, busy. It's he's, fine. He's in like I don't know Alaska. No, right to be now, fair, so. I think I think I, I asked him to be on the show once, like two years ago, and then I didn't hear back from him. That's fine. It's like whatever. If you can get Menda, he's a good conversation. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll run into him. It's yeah. like it's one of those things. I'll see him. And, so, but what's up, dude? <laughs> what, he, what he the the thing when he he's like you know we're going for it. Yeah, and I think what people need to see what you said that you're loving what you do, but they also want to see that you're really serious about what you're doing. And this is just me speaking. You know, I can't speak for everyone else, but you got to have that burn the boats moment with your, with your band. If you really want to take it to some great heights, meaning you, you know, you know, the Cortez story where they land in Mexico and he burns the fucking boats. And he's like, okay, we ain't leaving yeah. until this continent's conquered. And what, you know? And that's, I think you have to do, kind of have that mentality when you're going to be a touring, working, full-time, full-out band. And it's, and it kills a lot of bands. I mean, we've gone through so many member changes. I'm the only original member left. Yeah. And it 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 can be. I mean, some people take it personally, but I mean, luckily in our case, no one has. You know, you know, there's fights. You know, I just heard of a band, a, a big band from Ohio that just announced they broke up, Red Sun Rising, and it was, you know, you know, that's tough to hear. But you know, they they went for it and they did it. You know, they they you know they got on you know, Sonic Temple stage. They you know they played all over the country and I believe they played over in Europe and they, they did some things. And I think every band that you've ever seen, I'd say 99% of them 
all had this moment of, okay, I might lose my house this month, but I don't give a shit because I'd rather lose my house than quit doing this. Yeah. And I think, I mean, not to scare everyone out of, you know, some people out of doing what they do, but look yourself in the mirror and say the Steve Jobs thing. If this is the last day of my life, am I going to love what I'm doing? Yeah. 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 It's like, am I really, really loving what I'm doing? You know, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Well, you know, before you wake up and go to that job at, yeah. Sure. And I think the other thing too is that if you are, I think everybody should ask themselves that. I think it's important. But also to like be able to answer that question honestly. Yeah. And really know what it is that you want to do because there are plenty of bands that, you know, stress about, oh, we're not big enough. We're not a touring band. But if you broke down what being in a touring band actually is to them, uh, some of them may not even want to do that. So they're arguing and stressing over a lifestyle that they don't even really want. There's only hotels if they're given to you. So it's like, take a step back. And be like, there's all, what, what there's, do you, there's what, no, dru- there's no you really, drugs are free. Usually you, no free alcohol. Yeah, like what do you really <laughs> want to do? Like, okay, you want to play music. That's yeah. right. But maybe you don't want to tour all the time, but you still want to play music. That's great. You can do that. Focus on that. Stop yeah. focusing on the fact that your band isn't touring all the time. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're not successful as a person. It doesn't mean that you can't live a great life. Right. If you're fucking happy, like just don't take what you have for granted. And really think about the little, like what you do have. And if it's not enough, if you do want to be touring, cool, take that next step. But if you're like, shit, like this just isn't what I want. Why am I even worrying about this? Then stop worrying about it. Just be happy with what you have. Yeah. A lot of people get really, really stressed out or bands break up for no good reason. Like, you know, like bands that have half the band, there's no way they could ever tour anyways. But like, there's this thing where it's like, well, you know, I don't think I'll ever be able to tour, so I don't think I could be in this band anymore. Or we don't want you in this band anymore because, you know, we're thinking of going on tour. It's like, are you are you really gonna do it? Or not? We've I mean, we've had guys quit for that quit for that very reason. It's just like like I mean, that's probably the number one reason why guys have just stopped is because like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And it's hard. It's it's really hard. It's it's a strain on your finances it's a strain on the family back home it's just if you have any family back home it can be you know it's and it's a strain on like you're you're living in a van basically you know uh, because we don't have a tour bus or anything like that we just got a van and a trailer and you're sleeping on couches you're sleeping on floors you're you know it's, it's Tuesday it can be a Tuesday and I don't know what town, uh, who knows where, you know, swing station somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, and there's five people there, and you know you aren't going to make that much money because it's a door deal, and you still have to play your heart out. You know, you still, you know, you, you sh- at least you should because if, if you fucking phone it in, then yeah, you know, then what's the point? What's the point? And you feel like shit afterwards because you, you know you phoned it in. You know, yeah, because when you when you go out that far away from home, it it's almost no matter 
how big the venue or how small the venue, how many people are there or not. There's something about it that's like, hey, I'm this far away from home. I might as well kill it tonight. You know, give it my best. Even if I don't got, you know, even if I'm not on my game tonight, I'm going to try my damnedest to perform, you know, as best I can. That That's the one cool thing about, you know, going out on the, you know, out and about and and being that far away from home. But bringing that every night and having the mentality every night, that's also a strain on your psyche because there's just some days you're just like, fuck, I, just, I ain't feeling it today. And you, you've got to, you know, you got to bring your A game, you know, because you just, you just don't know who's going to be in the audience. Exactly. You have, you have no idea. Um, and the rest of Root story is hilarious. How yeah. Cheryl Crow showed up to a gig. She was the only person there. And that's very rare happening, but I think Sean and I always talk. It's like that day you decide to not bring your A game. You'll never know if that someone's in the audience. It's because oh, yeah. they're not going to call you up and say, hey, I expected a lot more from you. Sorry. Totally. You're not even going to hear about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, there, there's, there's been times where we've had shows where um, with – my Sykes and a New Violence project, we have a lot of external stuff that we do that's very production-based, video lighting stuff. And we had a show at Howler's. And we weren't headlining. We were opening. And it was this... Moving, not closing, right? They're moving. They're not Howler's? They're supposedly moving. I have no idea. This show was a long time ago. Okay. But yeah, but they are supposedly getting a new space. But I wouldn't expect... It to happen okay, within the next two to three years. Sorry. But anyways, uh, yeah. So we we're. I was just bringing up that place because, like, you've been in that room before. Sure, you know what it's our like. First, our it's first like, Pittsburgh gig was in at Howie's. and yeah. you know we're an opening band, opening up for bands out of town. Mm-hmm. It's not our fucking show. It's a week night. I'm like, there's gonna maybe be twenty, thirty people here if we're lucky. Am I gonna bring all this other shit and re- let's do? The, are we gonna do the full show? Or are we just gonna play a set? And I was like, fuck it. Let's do the whole show. Yeah. Do the whole fucking thing. And lo and behold, somebody that I hadn't seen in a long time that's a friend of mine that plays in a touring band and knows a lot of people. He just happened to be home in town and he was there. So yeah. he got to see the whole fucking thing, even though it was not our show. Yeah. It was cool because he got to see it. And since he got to see it, he was able to like share it with some people that he knew in the industry and just spread the word a little bit. Nothing happened, but it's still like, that was a nice opportunity rather than us just phoning it in, playing a half ass set. Just like, feels good. It was kind of like, I'm really glad that we fucking brought all of this stuff. Yeah. Like it's again, you never know who's going to be there. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So just, you know, all right, kids bring your a game. <laughs> I, I would say, and I keep saying this a lot recently on this show. I think in general, I mean, it's one thing, you know, day of to be like, oh, fuck, I don't feel like fucking doing this today. But I think that when you're getting to a point and you're, you're, when people are asking you to play shows, it's a little bit different. Like, because if you're like a touring band and you're just, you're, you're going to take anything you could get. Sometimes when the table, when the tables turn and people start asking you to play things and you're able to pick and choose and you're able to don't say yes to everything. I think that like you should only play a show if you genuinely want to play. it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. We, we learned that lesson the hard way. You know, we, 
we were like hunting and hunting and hunting and for gigs and we you know don't oversaturate yourself in a market you know whether it's in town or out of town like we you know we could very easily play in Youngstown and Pittsburgh every month if we wanted to but people don't love you that much <laughs> sure <laughs> you know, you're not a tribute band you're not you know you're not a uh, house band where you know the people are you know, or anything like that so yeah, the the best thing that I think that a band can yeah. do if you are you know on like a tri-state hustle is just try to always find new bands to play with. Don't don't That's find yourself playing with the same bands in those areas. Very true. Cuz like new band like new bands will always bring in you know 20 people that haven't seen you before, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it can really fucking add up Absolutely. if you're consistent. Yeah. Like when we go out, that's the like when we go look in a city, we don't look for we don't necessarily look for just venues. We're looking for other bands as well. Oh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, because what we can do is we can present to a promoter and say, okay, look, we have these two guys. We know you know them. They're on They're on board with us. Can we have this date at yeah. this specific Well, it's like venue? the venue's the keyhole, but the bands are the keys. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It It's, uh, it, you know, in... As far as like playing around your area too much, um, I think you don't want to play too little. You don't want to like go away for years yeah. or a year. But like we didn't play our own headlining. Sh- we played one headlining show in Pittsburgh last year. The rest of them were like one was like a stage AE like Steelers event. Another one was like a stage AE thing with the Clarks, like they were the headliner, and but we we could have very easily in between those two had headlining gigs all throughout the year. But I think doing the one headlining thing at the end of the year after we had a really strong tour all year, I think that really is what a big reason why people were like, "Oh my God, they're playing! They're finally playing sure. in town." And, and, you know, we just, we sold the place out, like, very quickly. And it's special. It's an event, you know, like, because it, th- these days, I, I can safely say that people just don't go out to randomly see bands. No. Like, they, they just don't. They, they want, they want more than that. You know, they want, you know, they want to be able to, they want to go to an event. Sure. If and if you're, you know, playing to an older demographic, it's like that's gonna be their night out. You know, if people are getting somebody to watch their kids and doing all this stuff, you know, I mean for you it's another show, but for a lot of people it's like this might be the one night that month that they're going out. Mm-hmm. So that sure they maybe want to see your band, but they probably also want to get drinks somewhere. They might want to try, you know, the new cool restaurant or something mm-hmm. that's down the street or they, you know, like a thousand things and they're trying to cram it all in. Right. So the best thing that you could do is create an event and make it as like all inclusive as possible. Yeah. Give people a reason to stay there. Because, you know, as good as your band is, people aren't coming just to see There's you. There's a lot of good bands out there. There's like if, there, yeah. if, if that's your only basis for wanting to come see you, you're you're done. You know, it's just like you you've got to do something more than that. You gotta be more like like a like 
you know, we said the music and having a great show and having great songs. Those that's that's kind of like I'm trying to think of a, a video game reference here. It's just like they allow you to start the game with a character and a gun, you know? Yeah. It's you know, that's that's the good mu that's the we have the good band, we have the songs. That is character and gun, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's how you start the game. But as far as like finishing the game, you know, and beating the game, it's just like, well, that's all the uh, other extra little things. <laughs> Strategy. You, yeah. You 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 can't just worry about how good you are. There's a lot of great bands out there. There, I mean, we you know, the you have to do something to set yourself apart. And I prefer to do something that isn't a gimmick, you know, that isn't gimmicky or isn't like overly trendy. You know, I just want to do something that's pure and, you know, not pure in the, in the sense where someone from the outside say, that's pure, something that I know is pure to me. Something yeah. that I know is like, this is me. I feel this way. And I have no problem you know, getting up on the mic and spitting out these lyrics, you know, and hitting people as hard as I can with them and playing these chords and playing these songs and standing to the guys next to me doing it. I'm totally open to letting people see that about me. And I think, you know, when you do that, that sort of thing, along with the light show and what, I mean, you're, you, know, oh, yeah. you want to bring some pyro and you, I mean, you want to wear costumes or something like that, or you want to like, you know, dress up the, the car as much as possible. That's all, that's all good, you know, and make sure that your set is, I don't know. It flows. Yeah. Totally. I mean, you do that, you know, like, and you know who Damian Keys is? Have you ever seen his? Mm-mm. Yeah, I just caught this guy. He's like giving, he gives really good advice about like rehearsal and stuff like that. Just like, and I'm waiting for him. I, I'm sure he has one out there about how to construct a show, but I bet you he would say the same thing. You know, just about like, don't just go up there and play songs. Oh yeah, no. I, I think that that's, ugh, whenever I see bands and it's just like, you know, am I, are you playing a show or are we at a band practice? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Right. Just fucking off in between songs for too long. You right. know, no contact with the stage. It's like, it's like as awkward as like if you go into a Taco Bell and you're standing at the counter and everybody's looking at you, but nobody's serving you. You're yeah. just like, they're like, come hey, on. Like, Hey man, <laughs> I'm ready for more music. Like yeah. what the fuck are we doing? And it's like, I get it. You got to fucking, tune your guitar you got to do this and that shit happens but engage with the audience keep it engaging somehow yeah and if you don't want to fucking talk do the do the dumb thing where they dim the lights and there's like some stupid backtrack thing that happens and then the lights come back up and you play another song yeah find a way to get around it just don't play that whole like too cool for school or just like um, we're obviously awkward, especially when like there's a band that just fucking like like really rips through a song. And it's just like you know, uh, attitude through the wall. Very like they have so like they're really getting it. And then in between songs, it's like 
Jekyll and Hyde. All of a sudden, it's Drink, like you know. Make now sh- they're like this, like like timid thing. Or it's like, oh hey, thanks for coming to the show. Drinking a beer, blah blah blah. You know, like make sh- you know making sure that you know yeah, putting yeah. their drink order in through the microphone. Oh. You know, <laughs> what time's the kitchen close? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. But uh, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. like, I, I've witnessed it firsthand. Like it just just kind of like I don't know. When you go up there, give people something special. Give us something to remember, you know, not because the thing that they're going to remember is the, the bullshit in between the songs. You're yeah. Like, see that guy just how long did they take him between those two songs? Yeah. You know, because he was ordering a beer. Sure. Just pl- play the set. Just yeah. play the set. Or what the hell were they talking about between songs? Yeah. You know, I know that's like I know that like you had said before that you weren't like a, a huge punk rock guy. But one of the things that I really took in an early age from punk was the Ramones. I like and, the Ramones. And yeah, I mean, they're more Never. they're power pop gone punk, but like they live sets, just no bullshit. Song, 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 song. Just yeah. fucking do it. Just Did that rip come it. from punk? Well, I mean, the Ramones were one of the first bands that I encountered that I saw do that, do that in yeah. a live environment where it was just like, just fucking start, go, go, no go, bullshit. go. Just fucking yeah. rip through it like whoa most of, and like it's probably because they just didn't want to talk to anyone probably <laughs> they probably knew goddamn well that if, you know they just had nothing to say or yeah. like you know they're i love that none of them were that great looking i'm sure that their normal speaking voices were awkward right. at the time you know what i mean it's like fuck it the band hair, that- hair over the eyes just fucking play fast loud rip it get off stage right don't let people total, see the total command yeah of the just audience keep coming stage yeah because when know, you have that volume, you well, have the attention. The band that I envy, like, so much, and not just because I like I like their songs, and is Oasis. How they can just stand there and command a stadium. They just stand and play, like you know, with their sunglasses. Like, yeah. he's, he's like, like people are like, he's the worst front man. I was like, fuck that. He's the best front man. He doesn't even have to do anything. Jagger does. He doesn't have to do anything that Steven Tyler does or Axel or any front man. He just, he stands there and he's got total, he's playing Wembley, he's playing Wembley Stadium and they're at, and they're, they seem like. Yeah, their music had a different energy though. Like it was very big, very rock, but it didn't have, there's no way that you could play a majority of the Rolling Stones catalog with people standing on stage and believe it. But True. you could believe it with Oasis, yeah, yeah. Just because right. they, their music—it's it, a—it's a different tempo, it's a different feel, it's a different right. attitude, a it, different vibe. Yeah, I, I always marveled at that. Like, come on, you're playing "Start Me Up" and just standing yeah. there. Give because me a break, bro. I mean, <laughs> my my stage my my stage persona is more towards what you described with the Ramones. Yeah, it's you know, like I'm I I'm, I'm just trying. go for it. Yeah, it's it's just. I don't know because the Oasis thing, I don't think I could, I don't, I'd be like a caged lion trying to like do Yeah, that. well, I mean, that's the other thing too is like, I mean, you're playing like, you know, decent like mid to higher tempo rock and roll songs. You yeah. know, they're just like, that's, it calls for that energy. It's like, you almost need that extra movement in it, like as you're playing to get the right dynamics yeah. to make it feel proper. Right. And, and but yeah, it's just it's and to keep and you got to keep that energy level. Yeah, 
you know you have uh, to that's yeah. thing. like when i see uh heavy metal bands play and they have like drummers that play soft like heavy metal drummers that play soft are those exist oh yeah they do, do. do they really on like more of like a on more of like an underground starting out level like you know bands that are just figuring the shit out sure. not like on like a you know, not like stadium level okay. metal bands. I'm talking <laughs> so, more just like, oh, like yeah, with Greywalker and we we play shows with other local bands if we're in different cities or if we're even here, you know what I mean? There's always a band that you never heard of that's opening up the gig sometimes. And sometimes, it, a lot of the time, they're just like these like real light-handed drummers. It's like, well, they haven't been playing drums that long. It's a new band. You get it. And it's like a lot of them don't. It's like, what does it like? Why? Like what sounds off about this? Right. It's like he's playing and sure. He could play on time. He's not off beat. He's not a bad drummer. But you're talking heavy metal. You got to fucking be slamming yeah. your drums to get the right intensity. That's like what's so great about, you know, that those types of instruments is because like not only does like, you know, what you're playing technically, what you're doing dictate, you know, the sound that's coming out, but the intensity that you're doing, it creates a different feeling. Sure. And absolutely. Uh, yeah with heavy metal i mean it's all about intensity dude like you know you need it i love it i another type like a whole genre of people that i envy just metal like you know the the metal people like i could never play metal i just don't have the chops i i can't sing like dio so i can't do metal so but i just i i marvel at like watching dream theater oh sure yeah know, or or uh oh what the hell are they? oh geez oh man uh what's that i'm there's something in my mind now bruce dickinson uh iron maiden iron maiden i yeah. love iron maiden hell yeah dude, dude they just like anytime anytime someone mentions iron maiden i'm like yes they're just so much fun to watch and listen to oh fuck yeah dude yeah there's so much i mean just Energy, emotion, yeah. passion, uh, technicality, melody, yeah. rhythm. It's like theatrical to a point, you sure. know. It's just like it's it's this whole this this whole package of just like yeah. it's it's a spectacle. It's just this is ball of fire, yeah. and it's just it's really fun to yeah. to to pick that fucking thing up and be like, whoa, like this is really cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Two minutes. Midnight. it's an excellent song All right. excellent song so speaking of two minutes to midnight are we, we are i was gonna say we're, 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 i didn't even realize we're two minutes past uh our our well i don't really have a deadline but we've been going for about an hour 15 i can't so believe we, we talked it, it, so, felt, it felt like five minutes yeah so uh which we're is gonna fine. be here for another three yeah, hours I, folks you know we, gonna could, be, we could keep on chatting yeah. but i'll tell yeah. you this we only got we got 20 percent battery left on the camera and you know we got we got some things to do. I got mixes to work on, yeah. homie. We got stuff to do. I it's got, garbage night. I got to gather trash and I, shit. I got, Adult stuff. I got bags to pack. I got to. Oh yeah, you're hitting. Yeah. You're hitting a big old road. Do you have a show before Wisconsin? Yeah, we're playing in a little town called New Philadelphia, Ohio tomorrow. Red place called Broadway Brew House. Have you been there before? Yeah, they're it's super cool. A lot of Ohio State Buckeye fans there. Cool. Yeah, it's really. Uh, you know, you're in Buckeye country. They got. And uh, but they they treat us really well there. They uh, another like cool little town that we you know we've been able to stumble upon that loves rock music. Hell yeah! You know a lot of the rock fans they're not always in the big cities. You know you got to go to little towns like you know just as much as we go to 
you know, Milwaukee or Columbus or Cleveland, you know, we also got to go to the, you know, the new Philadelphia, Ohio's and the Brazil, Indiana's and the, you know, the Terre Haute's and stuff. Yeah, like no, that. those towns are great, They're, especially for, you know, you know, like, you know, low mid-level touring bands. Those, those places are great because the other thing, too, is like you have, you know, towns of people that are just grateful that you're there. Mm-hmm. They like rock and roll. And a lot of the time. Not all the time, but some of the times the venues are really appreciative of you too, and they'll actually take care of you. Yeah. And then when you get a gig in the big city nearby them, they'll show up to that. Yeah. They're, it's like, it's a big deal to them. You know, we've, you know, cause we, Appleton's not that big of a town in Wisconsin. It's like, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's in a group of like, small towns that make kind of a big city but when we play in appleton and then when we would go play like milwaukee or chicago those people drive the two hours down from there and and see us it's really cool so yeah sometimes don't always shoot for the big cities you know totally. find those small towns outside of the cities and find a venue that'll take you because they'll be more than happy to have a great band with great songs who are professionals and who are nice guys and They'll take you in and they'll treat you right. And then when you make the step up, they'll go along with you. Hell yeah. So this was really great. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for hitting me up, Jay. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Before we pull the plug on this whole thing, let people know where they can find the band. Oh, we're on Spotify. I mean, that's the that's the first place we've been trying to get people to go over to. Um, so please check us out on there, listen to the mu- music, and then go on Instagram and you know follow us there. Let us know you know what you, what you like about us. Let us know what you don't like about us. We like that too. Sure, I love criticism. I love it. I'm like the Chris Drager of rock and roll. You know, uh, you know Chris. You, no, that's no a, idea. Uh, that's a Parks and Rec character. Okay, not the best character on that show, but very funny um (laughs) so and it's just at the hawkeyes on instagram twitter's at the hawkeyes uh and then of course we're on the facebook and we're on youtube yeah so we're we're all over the place look them up look look them up love you all and that is all folks thanks so much for listening one more time jay the Hawkeyes. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. And we are done. Fade out. Fade out.